0: welcome back to astrology now podcast my name is christine rodriguez and in this segment we are going to be discussing the upcoming full moon on january 25th 2024 it's our first full moon of the year in the sidereal sign of cancer And so as always, I like to remind everyone that here on astrology. Now we use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, which is in fact different than the Western tropical system. So if you're coming from a Western background, the signs, the degrees that I use in this podcast are not going to be correct. (laughs) They're going to be accurate according to the astronomical placement of the planet. So remember that the sidereal system of astrology uses the literal and astronomical placement of the planets at any given moment in time and so again this upcoming full moon is going to be in the sign of cancer in the nakshatra of Pushya, which i'm really excited to talk about we have some really interesting astrological events ahead we have a very interesting astrological year ahead which we've been talking about and so it'll be exciting to get into um a little update in my life. Things are going well. I have started, um, being a little bit more proactive with my newsletters. So if you're interested in receiving newsletters, go to inner knowing There is a box on the first page. If you scroll down a little bit where you can submit your email to receive newsletters, that's been a lot of fun for me. Um, I am off of social media. And so I haven't had Facebook since like 2017. I have Instagram, astrology now underscore podcast, and I have a personal Instagram as well, but I haven't been on Instagram. And so I've been doing a lot of other things. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Like Some of y'all may have better um, control than I do. I have realized just how much time I spend scrolling. And I'm always like, oh, I'm not that active on social media. I don't spend that much time on social media. And now, with all of this abundant free time I have, I'm like, wow, like I was really spending a lot of time on my phone. And so, if y'all follow my personal page on social media on Instagram, I love posting photos and then kind of like reflecting and I'll, you know, sometimes write a poem or I might reflect on the experience. And I really love that creative outlet. I also really love taking pictures. I love photography. And so I decided to start scrapbooking again. And so I've sat down with a scrapbook and I've been spending a lot of time with the photos and thinking of poems for them and, Uh, reflections for them, and then it gives me the added experience of really getting creative with the paper I'm using or relics that I have to add or things like that. So that's been just a joyous experience for me. Um, Super fun. I I have been writing a lot more in general, um, just participating in a lot more hobbies around the house, I guess. So that's been actually really nice. And it's also given me a lot of time to just sit in reflection in general. And I think that that was a huge part that I was noticing about social media is that when we spend a lot of time with anything, even podcasts, when we spend a lot of time listening to other people and observing the lives of other people, we aren't as involved in the thoughts and reflections of ourselves. We're not as involved in the life of ourselves because we're devoting all this time to following the life of somebody else, you know, the thoughts of somebody else. And so I don't think it's, completely necessary for us just to be totally off of social media and to never engage with it because as I've mentioned before, I do believe there are benefits to it. But I think it's really important to spend time with our own thoughts. And I think it's really important to spend the most amount of our time, energy, focus, awareness on our own life, our hobbies, what we want to create, our own skill sets, things like that. And at least for me, when I'm on social media, I just don't invest the same amount of time. So I just want to throw that out there. I think that it's important. I think that it's important because I know a lot of individuals who listen to this podcast are younger than me and maybe grew up with an iPhone or had a lot you know, of exposure to technology at a younger age than I did. And so it's just kind of a reminder, um, just a reminder to think about limiting that screen time and limiting time on social media and just really taking time in silence and without a lot of stimulus, which can be hard once we're kind of addicted to it, but it's it's, it's worth it. It's nourishing, it's grounding, and it is very connecting. You know, it helps us connect to ourselves and um, our own creativity too. So just a reminder of my experience with that. So jumping in to the astrology, here we do have our first full moon of 2024 coming up on January 25th. And remember that the full moon is when the moon is completely illuminated. And so the moon is going to be completely bright in the sky. And something that I keep talking about Dr. Nabodi, <laughs> I talked about him on the previous podcast, but he said something about this recently. He was talking about how important it is to be present with the natural world. And so when we have these amazing transits, like when we had the Jupiter Saturn transit, I remember taking a picture of it and urging everybody to go outside. We had a beautiful connection between Venus and Jupiter recently. It was the same thing, just like urging everyone to go outside and, I really encourage everyone for this full moon on January 25th. It's going to be gorgeous. You know, we're going to have this bright, luminous full moon in the sky. And I really encourage everyone to go out and take a look and really just observe it and feel it. And just remind ourselves of what a magnificent thing it is to have the cosmos churning and moving around us. And we have the pleasure of getting to observe it. How amazing is that? That we get to watch this phenomenal experience and when we have the full moon the symbolism behind it is that when the moon is completely full it offers us a time to release to let go to shed because once the moon is completely full it will then begin to wane so the light will slowly be stripped from the moon it will begin to lose energy power luminosity And so that energetic giving, that energetic shedding will support us in our own release and letting go. And it is the first full moon of the year. So if we're needing any extra support with setting aside bad habits or setting aside addictions, setting aside things that pull us away from our higher calling, that pull us away from our Dharma, this could be a reminder of that and perhaps set it out into the universe to allow this moon to support us in that release and this full moon is going to be in the sign as I mentioned of cancer and if you want to get out a star app I have a star app on my phone where sometimes I'll see something bright and I'll be like is that is that Jupiter is that Saturn I'll have to check it's fun to have a star app on your phone because you can you know, have something help guide you to know what planet you're looking at. Um, You can pull up the star app and look at the moon and the sidereal sign of Cancer, and you'll see that it's in the crab. Um, And Cancer is this really beautiful sign, you know, and, and first let me talk about Capricorn as well, because when we have a full moon, the moon and sun are opposing. So as we have the full moon in Cancer, it means that the sun is in the sign of Capricorn seven signs away. And I like talking about these signs together because I help that it, I believe that it helps us really gain like a deeper understanding of the sign. So cancer is associated the fourth sign of the Zodiac. So it's the fourth house stuff. It's about nourishment, the heart space. It's about feeling safe. It's home land, the love of the mother and the moon is our ability to feel happiness, our ability to connect emotionally. It's just, it's very deep, very emotional. I love the sign of cancer, and y'all know I'm a cancer rising. Um, and also, a lot of my good friends have something in cancer. Not all of them, but a lot of them have something in cancer. And, you know... It's nice to feel that understanding and that connection emotionally for the sign of cancer. It is this very deep emotional sign. And so there's this deep, there's this deep desire to be understood, um, emotionally, and it also has this deep desire for consistency, for safety, for creating a home, right? And so seven signs away from that is Capricorn and Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, (laughs) So it's, it's a little bit more serious. It's not as emotionally focused. It's a little bit more practical and pragmatic, rational. And Capricorn is the 10th sign. It represents the 10th house. So it's about work. It's about creating consistency, security, safety, a financial wealth, financial abundance. It gets to work. It, it creates a container, you know. And so though Capricorn may not be able to meet the emotional needs of cancer, (laughs) it creates that steadfast security that cancer needs. And so whenever there's a full moon between these two signs, it always reminds me to think about that duality in life between needing to be soft and receptive and emotionally available and understanding and compassionate and kind of living in the more emotional realm while also getting to work, creating security, creating consistency and practicality and reliability. Um, Another, you know, where my mind goes with this is also how what we want the most we can create for ourselves. And it's imperative that we do so. So if we are wanting love and emotional understanding, how can we offer love and emotional understanding to others? If we are wanting, and this is a big one for me in my life that I had to work on. If we're wanting security, consistency, reliability, steadfastness, how can we show up in the world with consistency, steadfastness, stability, and I think it's quite common, you know, this concept of self-fulfilling prophecy where perhaps in relationships, we really want someone to hear us and to listen to us and not get defensive when we share our feelings, um, not stonewall when we share our feelings, but then if somebody else shares hard feelings with us or gives us a reflection that's difficult, maybe we then act defensively or we act uh, with that stonewalling effect, where we just kind of shut down and we're unable to engage, or maybe in relationship we really want someone to be a pillar, you know, to be very strong and unrockable and never threaten the relationship, and to be very reliable. But then if we get triggered, maybe we then threaten the relationship because we're afraid, you know, we threaten the relationship, we act flimsy, we can't show up with that same level of support that we're really wanting and hoping for from somebody else. And so it's a really important reminder that life begins to change when we show up in the way that we are hoping to be shown up for life really begins to change. And a big one too, is trust and faithfulness. I was watching this video recently of, uh, younger people being asked to show their snapchat in front of their partners and just the level of anxiety that was happening on this video and i don't know if it was staged i don't know if it's real but if we want to have people show up for us if we want to receive trust in life if we want to be with people who are faithful and honest in my personal opinion i think it's imperative that we show up with deep integrity and faithfulness, and operating at a level that could earn the trust of somebody else, and to me, that's very, very sacred. When somebody puts trust in somebody else, this is a very, very sacred, important, heavy thing. And I know that I'm going off kind of on a tangent. Just one more thing, and then we'll get back into the astrology. Astrology, but this is important. You know, we're talking about Pushya. Pushya is governed by the deity of Brahaspati. And this is the guru of the gods. And in order to teach the gods, I mean, this is a highly respectable, um, a position of great integrity. And so I I do see it as being a reminder. I also want to say that the guru, (laughs) Brahaspati, it's weight, it's gravity. And something I've been reflecting on a lot is I feel that And I kind of feel like a Scrooge saying this, but it's true. I feel that we're losing traditionalism in society. And I think that with that, we're losing gravity. We're losing weight and meaning. And when we don't see things as sacred, and when we don't see the gravity and the weight of things, we don't treat them With sanctity, we don't show up for them with integrity because it doesn't really mean anything to us anymore. You know, like with marriage, for example, from the Vedic perspective, when we get married to somebody else, we are combining our karma. It's a very, very big deal. And of course, from the Christian perspective, it is a union under God. And historically with marriage, you take vows, you take vows in front of your family, you take vows underneath what we perceive as divine. Um, And as we move through time, religion is playing less and less of a role in marriage. It's not as steeped in that religious perspective anymore. And it is kind of changing how we view and relate to marriage, I would say. And um, I had a long conversation with my best friends the other day, and we were kind of talking about marriage and why marriage lasts versus why it doesn't. And um, what I was coming back to I is this poem. This poem has really stuck with me. If you're on Patreon, I've posted it on Patreon before, I believe. But it's so potent to me and there is a line in it. I'll read it to you really quick. The second time we met, he told me about the hoop snake. Temporal, exquisite, a godless man. So I listened. We weren't sure, though, if it could be true. A snake that takes its tail in its mouth, then rolls through the world. But there are reasons to believe in God, and this seems a good one. We brought wine to the porch, spoke of piety, marriage, devotion assumed for reasons that could not sustain it, while lightning took apart the sky and fields leapt up from the streams. And it goes on. It's a beautiful, beautiful poem. It's called Hoop Snake by Rebecca Wee. But this line where she says, devotion assumed for reasons that could not sustain it. And this is this is absolutely related to brahaspati. It's related to the devotion of the sign of cancer, the devotion of the sign of pushya Devotion assumed for reasons that could not sustain it. When we devote ourselves... When we devote ourselves for reasons that are flippant and fleeting and finite, those qualities cannot match the gravity of what devotion entails, right? If we are going to devote ourselves to something, there needs to be a foundation that is heavy and weighted and sustaining so that it can match the gravity of what devotion is. So for example, if we get married because we think somebody's attractive and we think that they're funny and we like to drink together and we have a good time, there's not that level of gravity that can meet that can meet what devotion represents. Because when we're devoted to something, it means that there are going to be rough patches, there are going to be difficulties, there are going to be trying times. And in order to work through that as well, there needs to be a foundation built off of shared ideology. Viewing the world similarly, maybe a spiritual background, a religious background, having that same level of true devotion towards each other's spirit and path and dharma, right? Those are weighted reasons that can sustain what devotion means. And so I read that in the poem, and I mean, it was just completely striking to me. And I've obviously been philosophizing on it a lot. And so I just wanted to share that with you all. Because as we move through life, rather we're devoting ourselves to a person or a religion or a career or whatever it is. What is the true meaning underneath it? And does it have that level of sanctity to you in your heart, and your soul that can sustain devotion? And, you know, to say I am not anti-divorce. By any stretch of the imagination, I don't want to give you all that idea. I think that there are so many good reasons to get divorced, like really good reasons to get divorced. And I am, you know, deeply curious about what sustains long-term commitments, what sustains long-term devotion. And I think that if I have to boil it down in terms of what I've been contemplating, It would be that. It would be tapping into those foundational values that we can commit ourselves to for the rest of our life. And also, you don't necessarily have to be affiliated with a religion to do that, right? As I mentioned earlier, I think that we're losing sanctity in general, and that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who is not religious can't find sanctity in something. They can have their own spiritual ideology. They can have their own approach But I think that it's so important for us to be deeply present with our action. I think it's very important for us to be deeply present with the human spirit, with our own human spirit and the human spirit of those around us and those that we engage with because we are all spirit souls. And this is serious business. You know, I think that there's a lot of room to have fun in life, absolutely. And when it comes to promises we make and when it comes to really big life decisions and when it comes to trust in one another and devotion either towards a higher purpose a career you know um, a mission in life or another person these things i think should be taken seriously so wasn't really planning on talking about all of that today but inspiration hit inspiration of brahaspati and Pushya. And also, I mean, the seriousness of Capricorn, right? Capricorn is one of the most devoted signs of the zodiac. Capricorn is one of the most steadfast. And so, hopefully, this gives us something to philosophize on and think about when it comes to what is worth devoting to in our life. And also, how can we show up? How can we offer that gravity to the world around us? How can we show up with that level of integrity? So other astrological ongoings happening now, with the sun entering the sign of Capricorn, the sun will be with the planet Pluto until the end of, well, really, um, I would say later January, the sun is going to be close to Pluto in degrees. And so this can absolutely bring some sudden events with leadership, some surprising experiences with leadership. I know there is a lot of drama happening, happening in the United States right now with the debates and with um, the Republican Party. Also, of course, with the Democratic Party, there's a lot going on in general with the government. And so I do foresee this drama continuing. And I just want to say not to be super surprised if there are some interesting events happening and events that we haven't really seen before. And the sun and Pluto in the sign of Capricorn, as I was mentioning, Capricorn is all about the government and it's about government structures. And so there can be some shakeups this month into February. There can be some of these, um, again, kind of like surprising unusual events happening. And there can also be big experiences happening involving power and control. Um, Mars is going to be exalted from February fifth until March fifteenth, and so with Mars exalted, this is of course on an on an individual and personal level. Mars being exalted is excellent for athletic feats. It's great for feeling passionate and inspired. It's really really good for feeling um, motivated and kind of getting things done, getting things completed, being proactive, being productive. Some of us, again, we may even feel more energy. We may feel kind of an aliveness that happens here. Mars will also, of course, transit the planet Pluto. So we should be careful of maybe accidents or injuries being overly spicy, overly combative. Um domineering we want to be mindful of that type of behavior and on a global level mars will be completely conjoined pluto on february 14th so february 14th the surrounding days this is definitely a time to be extra mindful there may be something that happens in global affairs there may be some type of intensity while mars is transiting capricorn i am a little bit concerned for war and aggression, right? Because Mars is the planet of war, feeling flustered, feeling aggressive, angry, frustrated. It's just going to be a time of intensity. And I had written this in a newsletter. I think at worst, there could be some type of personal attack towards the United States. Let's hope that that doesn't happen, but there can be Again, there can be some some intensity, and I do think that it will also bring about intensity in our own government uh, if we are here, of course, in the United States. So please do be looking out for that. Other notes that I took that I wanted to talk about is this uh, Sagittarius season we've been having. So we've had a stellium in Sagittarius for the last month, and Sagittarius is about religion, It's about philosophy, spirituality. It's also about law. You know, it's the ninth sign. It has an association to the ninth house of law and order, Dharma. And it brings about radical behavior. It brings about extreme behavior. The reason that it is so intense right now as well is because it's in this midpoint between Rahu and K2. So if we were to look at the chart, Ketu is squaring the stellium in Sagittarius. And then the stellium in Sagittarius is squaring Rahu. And whenever we have planets move between that midpoint, really intense events seem to happen. And so I want to put that all on your radar because we'll have another transit like this in spring between June and July when planets transit Gemini. And in the United States chart, we have planets in Gemini including Mars and so I think that we're going to have another big month like another big season when Gemini season rolls around so just kind of have that in the back of your mind it's definitely something to be watching and keeping track of Um, on a personal level as you listen to this for the full moon we have Mars Mercury and Venus again in the sign of Sagittarius I talk about how this will influence each of the 12 signs on Patreon, patreon.com slash Astrology Now podcast. I do horoscopes for each sign every week, but generally speaking with these plants in Sagittarius, this actually is an amazing time to be thinking about spirituality, philosophy, religion, Um, It could be a time where maybe we pick up a new book, we learn something new, we take a new course, we take a new class. It's an outstanding time to learn and to devote ourselves towards learning something that's really meaningful to us and has a lot of gravity for us. And it may even be a time where we are being called into the position of referee, (laughs) like Maybe we're needing to mediate more between friends. We're needing to mediate between family. There might be something happening in our life where we're getting more involved in maybe ethics, right and wrong or moral, something to that effect. Sagittarius is also a freedom loving sign. It's an excellent time to shake up our daily life, do things that are outside the box, go to a new restaurant, break up our schedule, do something new. It's a great time for variety and it is a great time for having fun. Um, and it's a great time to remember Dharma, you know, this, this sense of Dharma and the sense of purpose and meaning. And, um, it, it's really tied into everything that I've been talking about today in that Dharma isn't always necessarily fun. And I know that we don't want to hear that <laughs> because, you know, Dharma I think it's often promoted as something very fun and something very connected to our sense of identity and sense of self. And that's completely fine. And I think it's a beautiful thing to associate our Dharma with our meaning and with our purpose. And also Dharma has an association to duty. It has an association to showing up in a dutiful way. And so there might be something in our lives that offer us that opportunity to show up with duty for me, I've been very fortunate where I'm getting called to show up for my family. My partner's the same way. He was he has been asked to show up for his family. And so sometimes the situations it's not like we're going out and we're having a blast and we're, you know, getting to cultivate a sense of self necessarily, but we're getting to show up for someone else. We're getting to show up for a higher meaning and a higher purpose. And so perhaps you all will have an opportunity to show up in that dutiful way, to show up in a way where we get to offer time to someone else. We get to offer time to something that is meaningful. And tying that back into Pushia, Pushia, right, having an association to Saturn, being ruled by Perhospiti, it's about nourishment. It's about nourishment and sharing with others without discrimination and so perhaps we will have the blessing and opportunity to show up to nourish someone else to take care of someone else and to offer that generosity and perhaps even receive from someone else if somebody else is offering to care for us or support us or help us it's a beautiful time to let that in and then also of course offer that reciprocity so um, I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you learned something new. I know that I kind of went off on a tangent here, but now that I'm not on social media, I don't have anywhere else to share my ideas. <laughs> so, hopefully, it helped someone somewhere. I am a traditionalist. I do have very old school values and that's kind of my nature. So maybe that speaks to some of you, maybe it doesn't, but hopefully it gives you something to contemplate nonetheless. If you have any questions, you're welcome to message me at astrology.nowpodcast at gmail.com. My website is innerknowing.yoga. Instagram is astrology.now underscore podcast. And my Patreon is patreon.com slash astrology.nowpodcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is astrology. Now. Thank you so much.